the Art of Leadership Network. Hey friends, I'm your host, Jenny Catron, and this is the Lead Culture Podcast, where I coach you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. My team and I at the Foresight Group are committed to building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into a leadership or culture topic that will give you the tools you need to lead with clarity and confidence and build a thriving culture. Now, today I have a question for you, maybe a series of questions. Do you ever feel like someone might be holding back your team in some way, like you're just not feeling the momentum that you expect. And so it feels like something's holding back your team or something or someone is impeding growth in some way, or something's just frustrating and demotivating your team, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Well, friends, today we're going to talk about how that someone might be you. Right? Like as leaders, sometimes we unintentionally are the lid to our organization or we're the block to our team being able to move forward. And so today our topic is how you might be holding back your team and four reasons to release them. So let's dive into this. Now, most leaders that I meet today want to be good leaders, right? You value the importance of leadership and you recognize the tremendous stewardship opportunity to pour into others. Like you get it. You get this thing, this sacredness of leadership that you often hear me talk about. You want to develop your team and you want to rally them around a unified goal. You work hard to recruit and assemble a great team of people that you enjoy doing life with and enjoy working with, right? Like you get the value of team. The trouble is that for all your efforts to support, to direct, to inspire, to lead, you may actually be doing the opposite of what you hope for. Now, I learned this lesson in a very intense and demanding season. I was leading a large, fast-growing church, and we had an amazing team. And I had an even better executive team. So I was surrounded by fantastic people. And we should have been crushing it. And instead, everyone, including me, was frustrated. Have you ever had one of those seasons? Like you've got a great team, you've got a great people, you've got a great mission, and yet something is just not quite right. And no matter how hard we tried, we couldn't seem to get momentum. We were just stuck. We had constant communication breakdowns. Our staff and volunteers were apathetic. And morale was pretty low, which was pretty unusual for our team. So while the external metrics looked good, like we still saw some external growth and, or, you know, just like the external outfit, outward facing stuff was, was good, like the metrics were good, behind the scenes there was tension and continual frustration. And we all felt like we were kind of spinning our wheels, right? We just didn't know what to do about it. So as the leader of the team, I knew I needed to get us together to figure out What's going on? Like, we're going to have to have a really hard, honest conversation about what in the world is happening and what do we need to do? And we knew we were better than this. And I was committed to getting to the bottom of it, right? Like, nobody was happy and we were all frustrated. And as a leader, I needed to help kind of lean into that conversation. 
And I was so committed that I opened the meeting by saying this. I said, team, something isn't working. We all feel it. It seems we don't know what to do about it. So we're going to start with me. As the leader of this team, I want to take responsibility for our ineffectiveness. And so for the next hour, I want you to tell me where I'm creating the confusion that is hindering our momentum. Now, as you can imagine, it was dead quiet for a few minutes, right? Like everybody's like eyes darting from person to person, silently asking, is she serious or is this a trap, right? Like they knew this was the conversation we need to, ha to have. And yet there was a little bit of apprehension about, do we get really honest about this? But I was serious. And with a little bit of coaxing, they began to share their frustrations and observations, right? Because there were things that I was doing to hold them back, and I needed greater awareness around that. And here's the thing. Their feedback was simple. They said this. They said, we need you to define what we need to do and clarify why we need to do it, then release us to figure out how. Guys, that's it. They actually needed less from me. They said, we need you to define what we need to do and why we need to do it and then release us to figure out how. And what they, what they weren't saying directly, but they were clearly implying is that I was kind of micromanaging details that I didn't need to be a part of any longer. Right? Like I was too involved. I was, I was too engaged in details that really I should be letting go of. And so, of course, at first I wanted to argue. Like, I'll just be honest. I wanted to argue. I wasn't a micromanager, right? I just cared deeply about the work we were doing. And I wanted to make sure everyone understood what we've done in the past and how we did it so they could more efficiently keep it moving. Sounds like micromanaging, doesn't it? Right? It sounded great in my head, but once I started to say it out loud, I realized the frustration I was creating. I had unintentionally become a bottleneck in the organization. And out of a desire to be helpful, thorough, efficient, and if I'm honest, to be right, I had neutered my team of the autonomy to figure out how to best accomplish the work, right? Like I wanted to direct every detail. Can anybody else relate to that? Right? And, and the heart of it wasn't like that I felt like nobody else could do it. I just wanted to equip them with exactly how they should. But the lesson for me that day was simple. Define the what, release the how. I needed to release the how of our work so that our team could take the ideas further than I could by myself. And so this was the learning, this was the, the awareness I needed to, to glean to be able to serve and lead them better. And as leaders, we will find ourselves in similar moments throughout the different stages of organizational growth, right? Different stages of growth require something different from us. So before you create a bottleneck in your organization, I want you to consider these four reasons that you need to be continually releasing your team to do the how, right? So I want to give you four reasons that you need to continually release your team to do the how. And I cannot tell you how much I come back to that phrase, define the what, 
release the how. Define the what, release the how. Like I need to help set the target, but release the team to figure out how. Now that doesn't mean that there's not check-ins along the way or good communication in the process, but I don't need to direct the how. And that's what I want you to hear today, that we as leaders need to define the what, release the how. So let me give you four reasons to release the how. Four reasons this is super critical. The first is this, you may not actually know the best way to do it anymore. Guys, ouch, right? Like you might not actually know the best way to do this anymore. You might've done it at some point in the past or some point in the history of the organization, but you might not have the best ideas anymore. If you're the founding leader or a long tenured staff member, this is extremely challenging because you've been there through different seasons of the organizational life. And so you've probably worn that hat and done that activity at some point. And at some point, you might have been really good at it. An example is back in my early career, I did marketing and brand development in the music business. Like, and I was good at it. I don't know marketing well anymore. The mechanisms for marketing have changed drastically. And while I try to keep up a little bit with that and understand it, I'm not an expert on that anymore. So if you're the founding leader, a long tenured staff person, if it's a role that you've done at some point in the past, this is challenging because at one point you did know how to do it. Many leaders rise to responsibilities of leadership after having served in numerous different roles through the organization, right? So you play different roles throughout the your time with the organization, and then you got promoted into greater leadership. So your competence and experience got you to the position of leadership, but overly relying on that experience may be the thing that inhibits your continued growth, right? Like if you keep doubling down on the things you were successful in the past, you're not actually like releasing yourself to grow in the experiences and in the competencies you need for the seat you're in now. And here's the thing, the people closest to the challenge often have the most perspective on how to navigate it. So you're no longer as close to the challenge. Your team members are. They're the ones closer to that challenge and closer to that work and that problem. And they're going to have better perspective on how to solve it or how to lead through it. So while you might have led a specific ministry or department in the past, it's likely that you don't know the best practices that will allow it to flourish today. Your past experience doesn't necessarily make you an expert today. There's a humility in that, isn't there, right? Of recognizing that you're going to bring people on your team who have greater understanding and experience and competency in some roles that you might have historically played, but they're going to bring better perspective now. So the first reason to release the how is you might not actually know the best way to do it anymore. And that's okay because we need you to focus on other things, okay? Number two, it'll challenge your team to bring fresh ideas. This one's big, you guys, because it starts to foster a a culture of development, right? So when you direct every detail, you train your team to wait to be told what to do. If you're just going to direct the details, well, then they're just going to wait for you to do the hard work of figuring out what to do. And then they're just going to take action on what you tell them to do. Why would they go to the work of trying to solve it if you're just going to direct it anyway? So when you direct every detail, you train the team to wait to be told what to do. And it creates a passive team members that are reactive rather than proactive. So, so many times we get frustrated because team members aren't taking action. Well, you need to stop and you need to evaluate. 
Am I unintentionally creating that behavior because I'm directing every detail and then I'm frustrated that they're not proactive? Well, why would they be proactive if you're just going to direct it, right? So when you stop dictating the details, your team will be encouraged to think for themselves. They'll begin to have more ownership in their responsibilities, right? So when you quit directing the details, and a great way to do this is to to ask them, if somebody comes to you for something that they want you to solve or to, to direct, well, tell me what you think we should do, right? So you push them to start thinking more critically and bringing ideas. The best ideas emerge from the people closest to the problem. Make sure you're creating a culture that values problem solving rather than problem reacting, right? You don't want team members who just react to problems. You want team members who solve problems. Okay, number three, it will stretch your team to do more. Right. So when you release the how, it will stretch your team to do more. Do you ever get frustrated with team members who do the bare minimum? Right. Like they just kind of phone it in. When team members lack the agency to direct their work, they become bored and complacent. Right. If, if they know they don't have a lot of ownership in the direction or, or in the specifics of their work, well, then they're going to kind of phone it in. Right. They're a little bit bored and they're kind of complacent. They lack the energy and the motivation to do more. They're not motivated. So when team members feel empowered to make decisions and they're valued for their ideas and initiative, their motivation grows, right? So when we empower them to to make decisions, when we release the how to them, they are valued for their ideas and their initiative, and that produces more motivation. You just get more excited about it. So when we release the how, we release our teams to dream bigger. Rather than see the specific task, they see opportunity. And if they see opportunity and believe they have influence in making that opportunity happen, they will engage more deeply. So big, you guys. So big. Okay. And number four, it will free you up to be focused on the future. As the leader, we need you out ahead of the team, planning the future direction, right? We need you looking out on the horizon. And we're near too busy directing how you don't have the margin to be dreaming up the next what, right? Remember, you need to define the what, release the how. Well, if you're too busy doing all the hows, you don't have the margin to dream up what's next. So a good way to gauge whether you're focusing on the what versus the how is to evaluate where you spend the bulk of your time. Is most of your time each week spent on responding to immediate issues or are you spending time planning out the months ahead, right? A good rule of thumb I use is like, is is my day-to-day focused on the immediate or am I thinking three, six, 12 months down the road? Because my primary activities as a leader should be really six to 12 months down the road. That's where I should be spending the bulk of my time rather than in the day-to-day. And so I believe that senior leaders should spend the majority of their time on projects and plans at least three to six months in the future. And if you're not dedicating time to planning for the future, you're likely spending too much time directing the how of the day to day. When you spend your time and energy operating at the right altitude, leaders, this is what's so powerful. When you're spending your time and energy operating at the right altitude, you get to focus on the vision and the direction for the future. And your team has the freedom to make the day-to-day decisions that they can and should be making. And both of you win and both of you grow as a result of that. 
So friends, I want you to think about this week. How do you define the what, release the how? And in doing so, you'll elevate your leadership and you'll empower your team. That's what we want, right? We want fully engaged, empowered teams that are uh, moving forward and taking action towards our mission. So you've got to, as the leader, define the what and release the how. So this week, I want you to think about where are you dictating too many details? Like pay attention to this. You might notice as you just go about it where you have an, an instinct or a tendency to want to like dictate all the specifics. Refrain from that. And here's a big thing, you guys, make sure you are clarifying that handoff, right? Because if you just start to operate this way without clarifying, you're going to have some frustrations, right? Because you're changing your behavior and you have to prepare your team to respond to that change in your behavior. So it might involve a discussion around this podcast episode where maybe you have the whole team listen to it and you say, okay, guys, I know I've got some work to do as a leader to release the how, but I also need to ensure that you guys are picking that up. So how can we do that together? What are some steps we could take? So it might involve some just key conversation with you and your team. But pay attention this week to where are you dictating too many details? Where do you need to define the what, but release the how? And start to see the difference that it makes with your team. These are the subtle shifts in our culture, right? Remember in one of the past episodes, I talked about some of those behaviors, those simple behaviors that specifically we talked about building trust last week, those specific behaviors that begin to shape and shift our culture in a healthy direction. This is one of them, right? Our behavior as a leader is shaping the culture positively or negatively. And this is one of the ways that if we learn to really define the what, and release the how, we create a more empowered and engaged team. All right, my friends, let me know what you thought of this episode. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Get Foresight. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T, or at LinkedIn at The Foresight Group. I'm also at Jenny Katrin on all the social media channels. So be sure to let me know what you thought of this week's episode. And um, maybe if you have some additional questions, we can hit that in a follow-up. I would love it if you would share this episode with another leader. And if you haven't done it yet, would you leave that five-star review just telling us that you appreciate the podcast, that it's helpful to you? Just those stars and those reviews make a tremendous difference in others hearing about the podcast as well. So be looking for more leadership resources by making sure that you are signed up for our weekly insights newsletter at getforesight.com. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T.com. If you go there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter where I just share a thought that I'm, I'm processing every week and, and articles we've written and upcoming events. So be sure to check that out and then um, connect with us further by being a part of the Foresight community. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this podcast helped you think better about how to lead well because your leadership matters and we need you to lead yourself well to lead others better. So keep leading well and we'll see you next time.